Hello and welcome to the unofficial, unsanctioned women's UCI cycling show. My name is Dan and with me as always to discuss all things cycling and actually to be fair a whole bunch of things that aren't directly, strictly speaking cycling, whiskey, um, is my good friend Sarah. Hey Sarah, how's it going? Hello Dan, oh, I, I, I feel like... I feel like I need this mid-season break. We're on a mid-season break right now. <laughs> and you can't, oh. you can't call it a mid-season break when we've, you know, had like a week of the season. Like No. Oh, my God, Dan. Since the 1st of January, it was just mayhem. And if you count in the winter season of track and, the, and cyclocross, which I do, of course, <laughs> it's just... Oh are you, my are you honestly t- are you telling me that you're changing the whole arc of the season? Like for years, we've gone on this principle of this sort of three mini seasons within the whole season. You know, the classics, <laughs> the tours, the the wind up to the but, year leading into worlds. You know, and now you're telling me that not only are we adding one new season, we're actually adding two. So there's now there's now the the cyclocross winter stuff. And we've got the holy shit! It started in January, and it's all going on right from the beginning season, which is yeah, it's wonderful. An, an unwieldy name, so we probably need a better name for it. It's it's been so 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 good. So we started off with the Aussie racing, which we which I've rhapsodized about. We also had the um, Tour Femenino de San Luis, which was a tour, and also their GP de San Luis first. We've had the Ladies Tour of Qatar, we've had, um, there was even though one of the Thai pop-up races was streamed live. Like, like we've just had, it's been full on. It's been full on. So many races every weekend, I can't keep up. And I've loved it. So, you know, now we have like a little bit of a breather. We can catch our breath a little bit. And, um, you know, the next racing block starts on the 27th of February with Omelette Pet Noiseblad, but the spring classic season really starts. But yeah. Which, so thrillingly close. <laughs> you know what's great? And I, you know, I've been talking about this for years. We've had gradually more and more live racing video. And this winter we had tons of live racing video because sports has me showing a cyclocross. But I did a post this week where I looked at what races I think we could be shown live. We've already had two stage races, like I said, Qatar and San Luis, which was great coverage. Um, but I think we've got 20 races that we can watch oh, live. Oh, get and out. No, seriously. No. And, no, and that's not it. That's just UCI races. That's not including national championships. Like, you know, the various national championships, right? I reckon there's 20 races we can watch live this year, plus all the USA crits. Oh, um, fuck me. I'm going to have to move to a country with more annual leave days. (laughs) Shit. (laughs) It's amazing, Dan. It's just, it's like, I, I looked at it. So we start off on the 28th. It's on Loop Het Noisblad, which, you know, maybe we can see a little bit of in the men's coverage. But on the 28th, it's on Loop Van Het Hageland, Winger, which is um, the first race in the Lotte Cycling Cup. And that's going to be streamed live. Wow. Now, the interesting thing is, if that works, maybe we'll see the other Lotto Cycling Cup races live too. Now, that's not in my calculations. And um, if you're interested, dear listener, I've got a post on our blog, prowomencycling.com, where I've listed all the races I think we can see live and all the races that have significant, so, you know, more than half an hour, highlights. Yeah. It's yeah. Just, yeah, it's wonderful. Yeah, well, and look, it's, it's uh, honestly, when I first looked at it, I was like, it's a huge post. Like it's, it's just like, even knowing that this year there was going to be a big step up in the availability of, of race video, I, I still, I scrolled through and was like, 
there's more. <laughs> there's, <laughs> there's, and then I, and then I just feel like you know, I don't know, like, like, I don't know, like that kid who. I don't know, wins like a million dollars and goes straight to the store and buys a million dollars worth of one cent lollies um, <laughs> or, or whatever. It's just like, this is too much. I'm going to overdose. This is going to, I'm going to die happy, but this is how I die. This is how well, I die now. Yeah. I, I wrote about this a couple of weeks ago because the interesting thing is more race coverage isn't necessarily good for more races because, you know, in the past they used to watch absolutely everything, you know, unless like there was like a family wedding or something like that. So I'd, I'd clear my schedule and I'd well, watch everything. To be fair, even then it depends on which part of the family. Like True, yeah, true, yeah. true, 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 very true. But yeah, now races now it's not just enough to just have coverage it's going to have to be good coverage or it's going to have to be a race i'm interested you know i don't watch yeah. all the men's racing i don't watch the men's tour of Qatar. there's tons of men's races i don't you know i don't barely even follow the tour de france these days but you know i'm, I'm very specific about the races i watch on the men's side because i've got the choice and it's going to be like that with the women too and that is so fabulous well and it's it's going to be really interesting to see because i think it's going to like one of the things i hope i should say um that will become a, a side benefit of this is that i think it's going to become about sort of that overall package that races can put together so it's not just yeah. like you're going to need to be able to provide really good race coverage of course but i think the races that are going to do best at this are going to be the ones that don't just do their you know uci mandated video minimums it's going to be the ones that do lots of behind the scenes things and interviews and extra stuff and get get you know teams involved and all that sort of thing you know basically everything that we've ever talked about in the last four years of social media being done well at races or by races yeah. um they're going to need to bring that same mindset and that same sort of um you know delivery in, in terms of quality of overall presentation to their video work i think yeah, 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 yeah. And it's not just, you know, like, I mean, one of the things I loved about the tour of Qatar, the Lady Tour of Qatar, I was, I've been DMing backwards forwards a little bit with Kevin Botan, who's the um, ASO's uh, community manager on Twitter. Yep. And he's just, I loved his voice on the race. Like, he just had a real quirky way of tweet, live tweeting. And, you know, people know I live tweet for the uh, Aviva Women's Tour. And, you know, we have a very specific, there's no such thing as too much tweeting approach. And, you know, we're very lucky because we can involve lots and lots and lots of spectators you know I, I hope that's the flavor of that work but you know this is the thing it's like it's not going to be enough just to it's not enough just to sit and tweet the race radio that you hear yeah you yeah. know it's a uh, oh, attack at kilometer 47 we're coming up to the second sprint point you know it, yeah. and it's not enough just to show you know uh riders saying yeah, you know, I it, it, it was a great race. I won. You know what I mean? It's yeah, like, it's, exactly. It's, like it's, it's the, I sports really hard today. I sports harder than a lot of the other riders, but didn't sports <laughs> hard enough. <laughs> like you can't do that anymore. Like it's, it's different. Yeah. Um, but, but, but it's also good. It's also going to be a sign that the sport has grown when we don't follow everything, you know, like, like in men's mm. cycling, very few people watch and love absolutely everything. You know, like you have your diehard spring classics fans. You have your people who love the Giro more than the, the more than the tour. Yep. And that's a sign of not that the sport's coming of age, but the sport's coverage is coming of age. Yeah. And, I'm, and, and, and it's, it's also, you know, it, it's a bigger, it's a bigger sport. I mean, I think, yeah, like I agree. I don't think it means coming of age, but it is definitely a, a growth indicator. I mean, in the same way that like football, you know, um, there's, there's, 
uh, uh, you know, four trillion different leagues in Europe, and then there's there's other leagues around the world and and stuff. And some people watch the the Premier League, some people watch I know the Serie A or whatever, and and no one goes, oh, football's fractured. <laughs> so yeah. it's yeah. the same thing, you know. Yeah, it's it's and it's going to be wonderful. And there are going to be things that you know, like like I, I you know, there's so much coverage now that if if there's some if there's a brand I don't enjoy, I just don't talk about it. You know what I mean? I mean, I might retweet things, but but like if there's you that know, said, I don't need that to... said, if you're if you're a race organizer and listening, and we know you all are, um, then one way to be sure that Sarah does enjoy your race is to pay her to enjoy it. So. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Dan means doesn't mean that I can be bought, my interest can be bought, but taking me to a race does pretty much guarantee I'll have an amazing time. (laughs) I I totally, literally mean seriously. (laughs) She can be bought, and if she can't, I can. (laughs) And then then you'll get her interest just to try and prove me wrong. (laughs) So... So, shall we talk about Qatar? Because when we yeah. left you, dear listener, we talked about stages one to three last week, and we're not going to go through that. But what I was particularly interested talking about media, how it makes it more interesting. Obviously, the race Twitter was fantastic, like really, really, really good mix of like lots and lots of photos and lots of like little jokes. You know, they had a they had a you know the sign about the electricity, the electricity warning sign. Go, yes, they know the sprint's yeah. coming up. You know. <laughs> Lots of pictures of rides on camels, which I would never get bored of. But the other thing I really liked that I found really fascinating was on after stage three, Wiggle Hunt, Wheel High Five had put up a video because they'd had a terrible race. I think Chloe Hosking had gone in with lots of media about how she wanted to win it. And they'd done terribly. They'd missed the breaks. They'd, you know, it had been a disaster. And on stage after stage three, Aon Van Kessel, the DS, had had said in the video, oh God, I don't know what's happening. I don't know how, the, what, what happened. And in the team meeting was saying, you know, that was the most disaustrous day I've ever seen with the team that was just terrible which i thought was a very brave thing to do and then on stage four chloe won yeah (laughs) which is just like honestly it's i mean except that as you know we can clearly tell the the sequence of events it's almost as if it was like done after the fact yeah 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 it's, it's it's just it's so like it's so it's so what you would script if you were trying to build the Hollywood you know yeah. comeback yeah. sort of thing. Means, yeah, and it actually, as a fan, and I don't think it means this for Chloe, but as a fan, it, it means so much more than if she just like, oh, you know, I rocked up at the first stage and I did really well, team performed yeah. really well, and I won. Yeah, absolutely. But also, and like you say, like I, I really do think it's an important point, and particularly related to what we're talking about in terms of races are going to have to step up their coverage. I mean, I know this is team media, but it's it's in my opinion that's demonstrative of the kind of mindset you have to have. Like, you know, full credit to Wiggle for a recording it and b releasing it. Like, so many organisations around the world would not have the guts to let themselves be seen like that you know yeah. and you know yeah. in a in a like that's quite a vulnerable sort of presentation and moment and and yeah. so full credit to them for for putting it out there it's just the most amazing and, and awesome kind of thing then that chloe went on to win so 
Yeah, and it's and it's how they back themselves as well. Because mm. I think the interesting thing is, had they put it out and then the next day there was a breakaway and they missed the breakaway, <laughs> it would be a very different. You know, it's like it's it's a fantastic storyline. You know, the perfect redemption arc in yes. retrospect. Yeah. But they didn't know at no, that point no. that it was going to happen. And you know, when I looked at that stage, I the thing I found fascinating about this is when I looked at that stage, they've raced it four times before this finish. It's basically you have a little run in and then it's eleven laps up and down the Doha Corniche, um, the you know, along on the you know, on the Qatar, on Qatari Bay. It's very hard to get away from, but it's also one of those courses where you're going up and down on opposite sides of like a um, you know, this grass, there's a grassed area in between. Yeah. So you can always see where everyone is all the time and there's not you know it's it's you you can hope there's winds sometimes there's headwind where you go up and tell when you go down or whatever but three four times it's been raced three times kirsten veald has won on it yeah and once she wasn't there <laughs> <laughs> so you know you kind of like looking at it and and what i found fascinating was i didn't know even though i knew that i didn't think oh this is a done deal kirsten's kirsten's won and mm. you know and while i was in the moment corin rivera for example had a really really good solo breakaway I had no chance of surviving but it felt like it did you yeah, know like yeah. like like it was only when she was starting to be caught and it's like, oh right okay they're just basically holding off because you know yeah. they keep they keeping the pace high so that no one else tries yeah it. yeah exactly exactly but, <laughs> but like kirsten you say at that win. moment at that moment it just you know, it feels it and you get the thrill of it. And I think particularly this year, you know, not just, as you said, then, um, you know, the fact that Kirsten didn't win, but that this year it just really felt like a much more open race in general anyway. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Was, I mean, I, I have, I have much love for the years when Kirsten Veeld rocked up at the race and won, you know, three out of four of the stages of the GC. Like, <laughs> I, I, but stomp, stomp, stomp. <laughs> Kirsten Veeld is why we talk about people stomping, stompity stomp all over races. Like just because those, that year when Orica, you know, when there's like, you know, five Oricas in a break of 11 and, and, and each one of them kept attacking and Kirsten chased them down. And at one yeah. point, Yen said on Twitter, I think Kirsten's going to take a lap soon because she was, you know, right here. <laughs> the track points race and you know and and you know and all kirsten just you know being the only you know being the only rider from her team in a breakaway yeah, and yeah. and no matter what anyone else did they couldn't beat her and this year they could mm. now part of this i do want to caveat this that qatar is not the absolute stamp of what the team what the season's going to be like because some teams like like Oracle, like wiggle high wiggle high five some of their riders have been racing in australia for the australia summer season so they come with like super aussie speed in their legs but other teams like rabo live for example are just aren't... starting to get going for the year yeah yeah they've built up they're, they're building up their they're building up this i mean although anuska costa costa still won the best young rider jersey and they still had riders who were up there they weren't on top form mm. So, yeah. But I mean, so it, that's also then, you know, similar to what we're talking about, being able to pick and choose soon as fans. That, that is the other side of a, a growing sport too, is that teams will, will peak a little differently depending on their overall objectives as well. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and for, Kirsten, for Kirsten specifically, she's um, her eye is on the Omnium at the Olympics. So her her pinch points are the track world championships at the beginning of March. And, you know, she's just come off the, you know, the track, 
track track world cups and the olympic games so she's not necessarily in full-on top form yeah you know yeah. either and she had that horrible she had that terrible yeah, day in stage awesome two where it. she missed the break she punctured and she mm. had that horrible crash so it's not that oh kirsten's lost it at qatar but it's no. just that's bike racing exactly that's bike racing and also you know it, it, and we did warn you that you're going to hear a lot of this this year it's an olympic year that does change the structure of a lot of things for a yeah. lot of riders and teams you know like you yeah. say we've got um track world champs coming up soon um that means that there's a whole bunch of riders who if they're gaming uh, you know aiming for olympic selection and track events that they're trying to peak for those and then peak again for the olympics changes the dynamic of your road season completely so mm, 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 mm. yeah and, and it's going to be interesting to watch that like we've got a couple of links to interviews in our podcast in our podcast post every every time we do a podcast like this we put up a post which has the links to things we talked about and other things we didn't get around to and you know there's interviews from Lizzie Armitstead and Karma Small and and Passio. We, we never ever run out of time to talk about everything we want to talk about <laughs> And, and in those in those um, in those interviews, they all you know, it's like you can pretty much write them for them. Yeah, my big goal is Rio. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, and then there's a little bit more around the outside of how they're going to get to Rio, but that's it. Like yeah, you know, yeah. my big goal is Rio. All I care about this year is Rio. I have to get selected, but my big goal is Rio. Oh, you don't say that if you're Lizzie because you know you're literally nailed on. But yeah. <laughs> If Rio happens and Lizzie isn't there, did Rio really happen? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, please don't jinx Lizzie. No, you're not allowed to jinx Lizzie for oh, Rio. No, no, no. Um, you so, would have stopped talking to me years ago if you thought I had the power to jinx anything. I pretty much know you have the power to jinx a lot of things, Daniel, but, you know, I'm just kind like that. You're my community we service. We agreed that we weren't talking about my dating life, so shut up. <laughs> oh, oh. Um. <laughs> tish. <laughs> Sad clown trombone. Oh, God. So, yeah, so back to the race. So, Qatar. Um, so, the final race stage was won by Chloe Hosting, first Kirsten Beals, second, and Monique van der Rey, who's a name that we haven't heard at the top of cycling for a long time, but, she, you know, congratulations to her. Um, with Trixie Warwick winning the GC, um, there had been a couple of attempts to. I mean, it's interesting because when you've got a four stage race, obviously there's, there's tons and tons of teams who can't get anything out of it, aren't there? You know, yeah. so. It's it's there are a lot of teams where you know Orica finally won a stage at Qatar. I know, I know. Orica, um, but then you know, then with Kirsten Field like rocking up and winning all the stages. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Limited opportunities would be the polite way of saying it. I guess. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But it was also interesting watching how teams work together because it is very much you know in the same way as Omloop Noiseblad and Omloop Van Hageland are are warm-ups for what used to be the World Cup and are now the World Tour Classics. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, like it's these. this is where you get the chance to actually see how a team's riding together. Yeah, well, and, and the other thing I've been thinking about a lot, actually, since your interview with, with Egon Van Kessel, um, uh, is what he was talking about, about the development of tactics 
in women's cycling because it's the, the kind of thing that I mean, we probably haven't talked about it in quite the same terms that he did but um, but we have talked on and off over the years a lot about how different teams apply themselves tactically at different times. And there are some teams that do it really, really well. And there are some teams who, despite their overwhelming advantage, and you know, the obvious joke is Orica, you know, with <laughs> 200 riders in the break and still can't get anyone on the podium. Um, <laughs> you know, which, which, to be honest, I mean, that is a tactical achievement of some sort. It's just not... You know, not the one that you'd go for if you had the choice. Um, oh, poor, poor, poor Emmy Johansson, who was on the podium for like oh, eight yeah, races for, for like, like, a couple of years ago. Yeah, and she had like 200 win. silvers and, and then four bronzes and then finally won a race. And it was, yeah. Yeah, yeah it was. It's just a particular type of trauma, isn't it? it? Like, you, can, you can almost see the, the mental and emotional toll that took on her constantly being second. Yeah, you know, it's it's just, I mean, yeah, that was an amazing year. But anyway, my point being, I've I, since your interview with Egon, I've thought a lot about his comments about that, and then particularly about you know the racing that we saw in Qatar and and coming into these first few spring races, you know, because you're so right. Like we we start to see a lot of how new team dynamics are going to work with different setups. You know, Wiggle again this year has got for me. I mean, they did an amazing job last year managing a hell of a roster, and then they made it even more hellacious this year. And so, <laughs> I'm I'm very curious to see how that plays out. You know, and and whole bunch of other teams with with different structures and stuff. And you just get to start to see how that plays out on the road and who's doing what. But at the same time, I think in sort of more broad terms, we are starting to see. You know, and I, I guess I'm trying to go back to your point about Kirsten is is that teams are learning how to race each other even mm. as they change and and their tactics are growing and adapting and and changing not just in their plans but in what they do when once they're on the road and stuff and and I'm really excited just to see how this is all going to to come together you know this this combination of of general growth in the sport the access to more and better live video and and these sort of new power teams. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, you know what I was very interested in, though, because when I interviewed Aeon, he was saying that he was really happy that race radios are coming back because race radios have been out of the sport for a couple of years, except for at World Cup races, and now yeah. they're back. But race radios, and, and he was kind of like, oh, yes, DSs will have more power, will have more control. But race radios didn't stop. For example, that first on stage three, that so I mean stage three. Yeah, the, the breakaway that went at three kilometers. Yeah. You yeah. know, and it didn't stop that and it didn't enable them to come back. And it yeah. didn't, yeah. you know, and, and I mean, you know, I can't, you know, one swallow doesn't make a summer, one race doesn't make a season. I'm not, you know, it, it, it felt very, but I mean, it felt a relief. Ways, though. Exactly. Because that's the thing is that, you know, as much as it's a cliche, it's also a truism. The riders make the race, you know, and crazy yeah. shit still happens. And every now and then 40 Ks from the finish, even in a world cup race, Elisa Longo Borghini is going to feel like it's time to go for it. And it is, you know, oh, and, and everyone else is going to go, she's fucking nuts. And about 30 seconds later, going to go, oh, shit. You know, no, then, no, then, then they're going to go. If I chase, no one else is chasing. But if I start to chase, then, then, then those bastards will just sit behind me on my wheel, and then, and then I'll just lose. Yeah. Shit. What do I do? Um. Oh, fuck. Maybe I better chase anyway. And in that time, <laughs> Lisa's got the gap. And, and yes! 
the only thing the only thing that really changes in the course of a season then is how many of them have a chance to ask on race radio should i chase (laughs) and by the time that gets relayed back and there's an answer that's coherent they still have to have made the decision a lot of the time you know so yeah one of the things Aegon did say in one of the wiggle videos he said oh you know the ds's had decided amongst ourselves that there should be a chase so they're going but then you don't know if that's true or not do you know what i mean because yeah yeah Will you work with us? Yeah, we'll work with you. You know, on the radio to my riders, screw them over, screw them <laughs> over. <laughs> I don't don't work too hard. So, but but like it's just yeah, and there are so many things, and you know, on stage three, Ellen Van Dyke's amazing, doing what Ellen does, attack at one point, you know, one point five k to go you know just put on my sound effects because you know it's wonderful trumpets <laughs> hallelujah for us uh right of the valkyries um you know that, <laughs> that she's that she you know that that doesn't that doesn't stop either and and you know you can say watch out for you know watch out for riders attacking at three kilometers to go but if someone like trixie warwick decides to just go bang you like you say you still have to have the yeah. riders in there and you know yep. so yeah we'll see we'll see what happens over the course of the season but it does make me it did make oh. me a, very happy exactly i mean it, that's the thing is it's it's part of and well it's an addition to the drama it's another tool it's you know it's Chekhov's first act gun the radios are there now we have to see if they go off so <laughs> so i wrote a post which is all about things that i loved from qatar uh which you can see on our site pro cycling.com and uh it's yeah it's there's various other things you can see all the videos and stuff from the race um trixie warwick won the overall fantastic german wily canny ability romy casper in second and romy's bowls teammate ellen van dyke in third and i really loved ellen's comment afterwards about you know it's great to see romy get a result you know yeah. get a result for herself <sighs> such good and and yeah so it was yeah so much fun and so much fun to watch with um so much fun to watch with uh, with all the women's cycling fans, and big thanks especially to to to, uh, to um, Natalia Santam, who was Santa Maria, who was giving us, and the Silence team, and everyone else who were like giving out when we couldn't find the final stage <laughs> stream, were you know giving us a lot of uh, you know happiness. Uh, so yeah, yeah that it was awesome. Was, it was <laughs> so cool. For those of you who listened last week, you'll you'll know that Sarah and I, you know, dashed away from the podcast in a rather hurry. I believe, I believe the phrase "Dan, the stream started" was uttered, followed very quickly by "We'll talk to you next week." Bye. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then we couldn't find a stream. It was great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yes, um, so. There's been a bit of uh, cyclocross on in the week as well, yeah. Yeah, we had the final round of the um, of the Bay Post Bank Trophy series, um, which was so so good. I love this sport. It's just it's just I don't know. It's just it was the Wasland Cross St Nicholas course, and it was the first. It was around a lake, and you know my dream of a rider one day falling in a lake nearly came true. And uh-huh. um, with Yoni Shuren, who had a problem with the barrier by the lake and sadly the barrier was too strong and she didn't fall into the lake and it's just like god damn it one day it happened. 
I mean, yeah, don't get me wrong. I love a good, I love a good writer in a canal story as much as the next person. But I do worry about us sometimes, Sarah, when when we're at the point where we're we're expressing frustration at barriers that work. <laughs> Did you, you know, you know, riders and canals. If you if you don't know, a couple of years, we we a couple of years ago in the Energy Walk tour, a couple of riders fell in the canal, <laughs> and it's been one of our all time favorite moments. And I just really want to shout out to Lab Ratty on Twitter who made a canal. Yeah. Jersey for the energy walker. <laughs> yes, that was awesome. That was... Oh, it's so good. Yeah. Hey, um, I don't know if you saw much, but there was a fair bit of video and media about from uh, the Aussie um, track mats this week. Yeah, yeah, let's. Yeah, yeah, we haven't got there yet. We haven't got there oh, yet. Oh, sorry, let's... I thought you were done with the cycle cross. No, 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 no. Because whilst in cross, it was the first round of um the it was the it was final round of the Bay Post Trophy. First race, Talita de Jong raced in her new World Champions stripes, and she was just on fire. She took an early lead and won solo, and she was brilliant. But the other thing that I really, really, really enjoyed about it was that she um also was used you know that's not a race that you can do she's not just a road you know not not i'm not talking about you jens but some people on twitter were saying oh she's just a roadie who who you know had an off had a short season then won but that was a race that you needed to cross skills to you know cross skills to win on it had yeah so it really good fun race there's a video on our site full race video because it's bay post hurrah um and yeah uh lovely lovely racing and samarkand unsurprisingly won the entire bay post bank trophy series so although Sana was um very unhappy not to win worlds she's got you know she got something out of it yeah and as dan said there's aussie track nationals um down in australia which was basically the Nettie edmondson and anna mears show <laughs> i was gonna say like there are only really two names that you need to know aren't there like wow yeah 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 and that was that and I, I just feel like I should record this segment, but you know, as everything, um, as you know, as as ever, as, ever, as everything happened, um, as 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 we always say with Australian race racing, the videos were fantastic. But Anna Mears is especially charming in in race videos, and Nettie Edmondson is especially charming in race videos. And I also loved Nettie's Instagram um, or Twitter, which had her talking about how she had she she posted oh, the, yeah, post the, the lactic acid up to her eyeballs. But still happy to win. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, there's tons of videos and yeah. little video clips which have the racing and the results on the Cycling Australia. And for track YouTube. fans, um, yes, yes, all of that, and not just um, that nationals were on, but nationals were also quite important because obviously they inform selection for worlds. Um, and so yes. the Australian team have announced their their contenders for that. Um, probably the one thing I'd, I'd say that stood out a little bit um, for it being unfortunate is Melissa Hoskins is unfortunately a little unwell at the moment and so she won't be able to attend Worlds which is very disappointing for her um, so hopefully she recovers quickly and is able to to find ways to um, to make up for that mm-hmm. mm. yeah yeah so um, uh, speaking of Australia 
Yes. I really enjoyed you. Know, we have a friend, our friend Monique Hanley. Monique is a lovely person who's very, very involved in Cycling Victoria and also on the chairs of the Women's Commission of Cycling Australia yep. and does tons and tons of good work for the sport. And, but she's also a journalist by trade. Well, one of her trades was journalism. Yeah. And she interviewed Iris Dixon. Um, Iris is a former Aussie. A uh, eighty-five-year-old Iris Dixon, who Iris Dixon, who's a group a group from Melbourne called the Golden Oldies, um, yeah, and and she's a she's she's a former Aussie champ, Aussie national champion and a great cycling star. Yeah, and I just wanted to read you something about this because the whole interview is great, but I particularly loved Iris Dixon's plan on how talking about how you get people to do work on the crits okay well actually this is really important and so if you race at all or are thinking about racing or are a pro rider you may want to pause right now grab a pen and some paper notebook or whatever and write this down because this is really fucking important from a genuine cycling star who knows what she's talking about are you going to read it because you're australian no 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 you you read it okay Okay, so Monique, this is Monique says, I think about my last race and recall how a woman had sat on the back all race and has slipped us all on the final lap. Iris processes the scenario. You know how to make them work, she asked me. You drop back, you have a chat to them, give them a compliment, tell them their bike looks good. Then you say, do you think you could pull a turn? Iris's eyes lit up. They are sparkling. Really, I ask? No, don't be silly, she responds. You say to them, do a turn or drop off. Don't do a turn and get knocked off. <laughs> oh, you, you, you nearly got it but you were way too cheerful <laughs> <laughs> oh i always think that australian grandmas would be uh would be oh no no, no 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 an australian grandma can take you apart in seconds yeah, oh, but they do. no oh, no right? but there's real malice to it there's oh, oh okay yeah am i being so happy. there's there's an Australian movie called Animal Kingdom that you really need to see. Um, and that'll teach you all about Australian matriarchs. Yeah. Excellent. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Well, I love the whole interview. It's fantastic. Monique spins a good yarn anyway. Yeah. And it's fabulous. So go ahead, head through, head through to that because it's great. It's really good. It's on Ella Cycling Tips, who have got some really awesome coverage of all sorts of things at the moment. So check them out. They're, they're, mm. they're good fun. Um, yeah, but yeah, that made me. That's that's like this nice little Australian segment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, nice little nice little thing. Actually, speaking of Australian connections, um, we were talking last week about how you know a couple of riders who we've always sort of known and expected would would be preparing at some point to tackle the hour had sort of indicated that they would do that this year, and we've now got a date on the next hour attempt. Yeah, the last hour attempt was at the end of January, and it was Aussie. This is where the Aussie connection is, if you're wondering. Um, and it was Bright, Dr. Bridie O'Donnell, wonderful Dr. Bridie O'Donnell. The next one is Evelyn Stevens, who's... Oh, poor Bridie. She doesn't even get to have that title for a month before... Well, hey, oh, someone's it. making assumptions. Jeez. No, I'm not. No, I said before someone else goes for it. I didn't see say before someone else wins it. But, yeah, um, Evelyn Stevens is doing the hour on the 27th of February. It's going to be streamed live. Now... Okay, one of my, I, I was famously an hour, I didn't believe in the hour. I was an hour atheist, um, but Bridie converted me. But I still don't quite understand. I was having a chat with someone because Evie's doing it at altitude in Colorado, yeah. which gives you an advantage. And it's like there are tons and tons and tons and tons and tons and tons of hour rules about 
equipment positioning you know the the fraction you know the the, the degree the angle of the saddle but it's fine to do it at altitude yeah well and it's one of the ones that i found really interesting too because you know one of those it's one of those little factoids about bridie's attempt was that she was the first person to attempt it at sea level in like yeah yeah in 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 like two million years like it was it was really surprising. Um, I mean, I am not dissing Evie's hour record attempt. I think it's fascinating. I also think it's interesting because Evie's not, I don't think she's ever ridden track. Well, I think, I, I think among other things, it proves that like most things, cycling nerdery is fractal. Like the further down you go, it just, it just shatters into more and more areas to be nerdy about because you're talking like you say saddle angle and height and distance to bars and tire pressure and blah 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 and and altitude and humidity in the velodrome and you know like it doesn't matter how much we nerd out there's always going to be some point of contention that's slightly different in the setup and how legit that is i guess yeah i mean it's also funny because i i in my head i'd thought that the next people to take it on would be ellen van dyke after the olympics you know after yep. after the olympic actually to be fair oh my god world championships in qatar is going to be weird because it'll have not just kirsten veald but kirsten veald riding on the same team as ellen van dyke oh geez um oh sorry parts of my head just exploded Wow. Yeah. Um, that's not something I'd actually thought of in that, that way before. And now I, yeah. Um, do we just need a moment? <laughs> it's going to be wonderful. It's going to be, I, I wrote about this in my post about Qatar, but you know, while people say, yeah, no, Kirsten can be beaten in Qatar. Hurrah. The idea of Kirsten and Ellen together in the same team is pretty scary. Doesn't it? Like, seriously, like that would just make you chew your bars in fear. Like what I the know. fuck? I know, I know. Oh. It's wonderful. It's so fabulous. I'm so happy about it. Anyway, uh, I've lost my train of thought. Yeah. So anyway, I always thought that Ellen would be the person. I think I think that the Ellen Van Dyke versus Lisa Brunauer years of doing the hour are going to be spectacular because obviously Ellen has is, is a she's had a track world championships gold medal. You know, yep. uh, Lisa Lisa's a very very strong track rider too. So you know, so I kind of feel like so one you know. Uh, Bridie was joking about how if she'd actually ridden, you know, she, how many kilometres she actually rode going around if she'd actually stuck to the blue line on the track. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's going to be an interesting thing about Evie's hour too, because, you know, if you don't have, like, you know, whereas someone like Ellen Van Dyke or Lisa Brunauer, who's been a, you know, who's been a trackie for, you know, who grew, yeah. up, who grew up on the track, they're not going to have that problem of sticking to the blue line, are they? Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's a, gonna a be point. it's gonna be fascinating, but yeah, no, I'm really excited about this. So you know, ten points to Evie for getting in there early, I guess. And, yeah, um, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, I, I, I honestly, wanted... I'm genuinely very curious to see to see how it goes. Uh, but this also must mean that she's not focusing on. We're not going to see her in the Spring Classics. I mean, I know that Evie's not so much a Spring Classics rider. She's got that great blog about her Dutch anxiety that she yeah. used to suffer. But you know, if you're training for the thing about the so the reason that people like Ellen Van Dyke and Brunauer aren't doing it before the Olympics is because it's very specific training the hour you know and it doesn't relate to anything else so men's ITTs for example are about an hour long anyway aren't they yeah. whereas women's aren't they're you know they're, they're they're limited by they're limited by the by the UCI so there's no comparable well maybe, there isn't maybe though maybe though that is part of you know, Evie's thinking or training is that it's sort of an extended ITT training uh, or something. I yeah. Don't, 
you know. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, but it's going to be very exciting. And Evie Stevens, she will have some fantastic pain face, some amazing yeah, gurney. Yeah. We'll be able to watch it live. And that's on the 27th well, like, as well. We know that she'll be, you know, I mean, she's tough as nails. She'll, she'll tear it apart. And I suspect much, much like your point about Bridie, you know, Evie's not really the kind of person who's going to announce this if she's not feeling like she's, she's very much going to, going to, you know, get there. So mm. it's, yeah, yeah it's, you know, hey, it's another hour. So yeah, but I mean, yeah, it's going to be. I mean, it's going to be fascinating. I don't know what I think. I have no idea. You yeah. know, I mean, this is the other thing about the hour is because there's nothing comparable. We can't sit there and go, yeah, you know, based on based on what this course looks like, yeah. and based on the results yeah. for the last year, I'd say. Yeah, this well, exactly, good. and quite literally, you know, again with the altitude thing, like that's that's, and I like while I was making nerd jokes a moment ago, like that is actually a pretty major wrinkle. So yeah, but Molly Schaffer Van Howling, who yep. didn't. I think she did her first hour attempt that, that wasn't successful. And was that in Colorado too? I've no idea. So yeah, I didn't even know they had a velodrome in in North in 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 the in the USA. I thought part of it was that the only velodrome that was competition standard in the whole of North America until the Canadian one opens, well, which it might have done by now actually, was in Los Angeles. So. Yeah, I mean, the things I learn about cycling, the things I don't know about cycling are massive, much, much, much more than the things I do. So, If you say so, literally nobody believes that, but if you say so. <laughs> no, um, it's true. <laughs> yeah, you keep insisting. <laughs> we all know the truth, Sarah. Stop pretending to be humble. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> this is my Britishness show. Yeah, you're the most um, humble person in the room. Fuck, let's just move on. <laughs> <laughs> she says in an empty room. Um, <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, what's next? Uh, I We've been talking us about media, and I wanted to change, change the speed a little bit and talk about some stuff we've been seeing recently, some interesting media about cycling and mental health. Mm. Um, there's, it's one of those things that I'm quite interested in in, in, in in general, and there are two things in the last couple of weeks that we haven't got around to talking about before, but they kind of fit closely together um the first is an article on the live cycling website by uh by a woman called meg, meg valiant who's talking about how she used bike cycling specifically bmxing and dirt jumping to help her overcome postpartum depression um postnatal depression in the uk it's a really interesting piece and it's also um she's got a point that's applicable outside of cycling but yeah i i really liked it i i honestly i loved it um i mean it was a great it was a great um uh story in in terms of addressing those specific individual challenges you know her postpartum depression and that sort of thing but i also loved that it was so relatable and because i'm basically well outside the the target group for for that conversation you know not that it's inapplicable but you know uh, like uh, you know i am not really likely to be experiencing that directly myself so I just loved how relatable her story was. But also, I mean, I remember distinctly, I, I read it, and one of my first comments to you was that Meg's just such a badass. She's so awesome. Um, and it's really cool. And I, I particularly love there's this great photo in the middle of it of of her in the middle of a jump. And 
it's, it's pregnant. It's, in the yeah, of the yeah. <laughs> it's just like holy fuck, she's not holding back. <laughs> like, and so one of my favorite little touches in that story is when she talks about um, her second pregnancy and how her doctor advised her to um, to keep writing through, and so she was still writing up to about six and a half months. And um, yeah, but she talks about you know. All, even the little things like, you know, starting to um, build up a new bike, you know, as one of the things that she could do shortly after the birth of her son, um, you know, that kept her occupied and focused, even though she wasn't yet ready to get back to riding and stuff like that, you know, and those sort of things are just like, it's, it's, yeah, it's a really, really great story. Yeah. And she talks about not just like, not just the impact of cycling as the sport of, of, you know, going out and doing it, but cycling is the social side. Mm -hmm. And she was talking about, she says her mum's groups didn't really work for me, but the women I met at the BMX track were people I could relate to, you know, and and she's like, and she's like, she said, you get so stuck. You believe that no one wants to hear about what you're going through and we're all going through something. And it's just, it's like, yeah, I mean, you know, you don't have to be as badass as Meg doing dirt jumping on the, you know, yeah, on the BMX yeah. and stuff. But it's it's a really, really interesting piece, and you know, I, I really love those little pieces Absolutely. about. I mean, and about I liked, how I liked also too. Sorry, uh, um, but I also liked the bit where she talked about trying um, softball and baseball first, um, and that while she was having fun, it wasn't something that was really making her happier. And it was only in a conversation where she was reminded that she used to love writing so much that she decided to go back to writing. And I really liked that sort of emphasis on finding the right thing for you too. You know, it's, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And the other thing that's kind of on the same point i think was um seal skins which make outdoor things like hats and gloves and socks and you know waterproof things they have a video out with um a woman called trehan chidley i'm sorry i pronounced that wrong um where she's talking about how mountain biking and fell running and marathon and outdoors stuff helped her you know basically get the strength to get out of a domestically abusive relationship when she was younger yeah and what like you know and what cycling meant to, went to her and i was just i was just blown away by that video oh holy shit that like i got chills like watching it i mean i'm i just did then again while you were describing it it's it's incredibly evocative and and it's not like it's not overly dramatic it doesn't you know, go into gory detail. Um, not yeah. that there would be anything wrong with that, you know, because it, it's important to be honest about these experiences. But I think that's part of what makes it so powerful is that it is that kind of experience that you very rarely hear about, particularly outside of, like, you might in in your sort of closer circle um, or people that you know. But, like, it's one of those things, like you say, and, and similar to, to, you know, the postpartum depression um sort of stuff and mental health in general these are things that don't get talked about a lot and i was at first i was a little bit hesitant about it being a seal skins thing because you know i was like oh corporate brand associated and then i was like actually i don't mind that too much because it is a you know they gave voice to this story they they it's something we might not have seen or heard had they not done that so you know, yeah, it's, and it's normalizing. It's normalizing not only that domestic abuse happens, which is still something we don't talk about, but also that you can, you know, that that that, that there's that there's pathways out of yeah. abusive relationship. And they've got links on their Sealskin site and on Trehan's conversation to the, her local domestic abuse support, um, you know, 
group so you know which I love too because it's not just saying yeah this this happened it's like saying here's here's some links where you can get help you know yeah, like like yeah, the stories exactly. are, it, it, it's which is good yeah I mean I, I take your point about about that because both of these stories the live story and this story are on corporate sites to sell cycling but they're you know and, and outdoor stuff in Silson's cases but I feel like I don't mind like the this Trehound story is part of their Sealskins' I Am Endurance series of videos. And they've got another one with a guy called Sandy Plenty who talks about having heart and lung disease yeah. as a child and how mountain biking helped him through it. But both of them, they, they could be really, you know, when you describe them, they could be really mawkish, you know what I mean? Yeah, or yeah, really, they could, but they just, but they just done so well. Yeah. And, in well, terms and, of- and, and I think you're right, too, in the sense that... Um, I think where they work, I think where they both work is that they've been approached from a point of view of, you know, like, like the seal skin or the live affiliation is, is pretty much completely incidental to the subject. Like that's just the platform it's come up on, but they've not injected that artificially into it or forced it at all. Or, yeah. or even mentioned it, you know, we only know yeah, 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 yeah. we're trying to give credit to where we found them, you know, uh, so we literally looked for it. But the, the truth is you could easily come across both of these things, you know, a video and, a, and an article and not know that and they would be just as powerful because they are literally about those issues and those stories. And I think that's where it works because in that sense they are contributing positively to their communities and to the community in a broader sense as well. Yeah. And, you know, Trehan's uh, one of their ambassadors. Steelskins has tons of ambassadors and she's got other stories up on the website apart from this one. Mm. And they put a call out um, for their own endurance campaign for people to say, look, what, what does it mean to you? And, you know, like you say, it's not saying, oh, and then I got this amazing pair of Steelskins gloves. And as a result, I realized I could you know, yeah. go out and outdoor activities in all weather. You know, it's not doing that at all. It's presenting. They're both presenting cycling the outdoors as something that's helpful and wonderful mm. and this brand will enable you to do something about your passion you know yeah. what i mean like you're yeah. like you you love it you should be doing it but you know this brand will help you and i was i, I saw the i saw the i am endurance stuff through a conversation on twitter with adele mitchell and chris garrison um who were talking about bad um bad advertising you know we talked about yeah. this the other week the the, the 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 brand that showed off its knee pads with yes. a with a with a naked woman wearing nothing but knee pads and a kind of blowjob joke you know like it was just like you know what i mean like this just is completely this is, wrong and and it's this is the spectrum and these are this is the future of you know it's, we talk you know there's, there's been it, there's been some great advertising mm. campaigns featuring cycling and, and live has their videos that they have with uh, the, the Brabo live team, for example, and, you know, the specialized, the videos that, that I am specialized to make uh, that, that, that's actually are about, they're not about buy our product. They're about, they're about presenting something that's relatable to, and Hey, maybe I can like it too. You know, maybe yeah, I could be yeah. good at it too. It's just, it's just wonderful and yeah. I'm super happy that it exists and I feel like, you know, it's Yeah, well yeah. And, and I think that's that's very much where I landed, particularly on the on the video where I was like, I would much rather this was a thing that existed and is in the world than to not have a brand association and to not exist. You know? Yeah. Like I yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I would take this option every time and yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But either now, way, they are both like read the article, watch the video, they're both fantastic. Yeah. And if you're in the UK 
and like things like this. The Women's Sports Trust has just opened their Be a, Be a Game Changer Awards for 2016, which are awards to recognising individuals and organisations doing the most progress women's sport. Uh, the nominations close on the, I want to say 21st of February. Let me have a look. Mm, doesn't say on their website. That's kind of... Well, I don't um, think some... it's going to be the 21st because that's a Sunday. So would they close on a Sunday? I would. Um, oh, but they've got categories for sporting role models, ambassador for women's sports, sponsor partner of the year, which is very interesting, governing body of the year. Yeah, I think I know who's not going to get that. Um, oh. Inspiring initiative national, inspiring initiative, initiative local slash grassroots media initiative of the year. That's basically going to be won by this girl, Can. I mean, it can't not be, I guess. Journalist of the year and imagery of the year. Yes. And it's, they've got, the, I, I, I went last year because, thank you very much, I was shortlisted for the, for they had different categories last year, I was shortlisted for one of them, thank you very much. Um, Longlisted, not shortlisted. And it's a really interesting, Listed. like, event, um, really interesting awards. And I, you know, I, I think I'm going to nominate, um, personally, I'm going to nominate Heather Banforth for the uh, local initiative for her amazing work with, you know, start getting women's races and, you know, race clinics and all the wonderful things she does. And I'm also thinking of nominating uh, the, Aviva, the Aviva Women's Tour for the for the Inspiring Initiative National, just because it's in terms of progressing, having a significant impact on progressing women's sport, the, the you know, just proving just those massive, massive crowd, crowd shots has demonstrated, yeah, there's an audience for women's sports. And I'm pretty sure I want to... Um, nominate Rochelle Gilmore actually too for all the work that she does on um on you know getting her own teams getting you know getting the commentary work she does everything like that so there's some you know so if you just think about it, it's all across all women's sports have a think about it it's at the women's sports trust and yeah sorry that's a bit Brit centric but you know I guess you can nominate from outside Britain too <laughs> yeah I, I give it a go I mean at the worst they ignore your nomination I mean yeah that's like every time I yeah no, I'm not going to talk about that. Um, so... We're not back on your dating life again, are we? Oh, God. No, we're not. Uh, um, other things coming up. Uh, I have loved the media around the Cape Epic, which is this massive. It's like, you know, Epic is overused in cycling, but the Cape yeah. Epic is, is, is the one thing that it's allowed to use the word Epic. Um, like, it's a legit, genuinely, actually somebody could die from it epic yeah like it's a seven stage mountain bike race that you know with team two teams of two either men women or mixed pairs and they've got some it starts on the 13th of march it's always streamed you know this there's live streaming and tracking and they've got some amazing media about you know in the in the lead up to this race so check that out too because it's just got me excited so excited that i keep looking at oh oh wow i really want to I really, I can't wait for this race to start. Oh my God, it's weeks away. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, but you really have to wait a month. Oh God, this is the worst. <laughs> oh, you're so incorrigible. <laughs> have you made your team for the Podium Cafe Virtual DS game yet? Uh, to be honest, no, because I, it's fucking hard. Is the like Jens is a really good bloke and I like him a lot and he's a mate and stuff. But fuck, he's annoying. Like, <laughs> he's, like, the ranking of the races and the prices of the riders are designed specifically to do one thing, and they do it really, really well, which is make it very hard for me to choose a team that fits the rules. 
Yeah, if you don't know, the Podium Cafe every year has a, 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 a sponsored by FSA, virtual director sportive game. You can pick a team for men, a team for women, both. Uh, not 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 a mixed team, but you know, team. And you have a limited number of points and riders, and you've got to pick a certain number of riders. Yeah. And riders cost points, and it's specifically done so you can't have a team that's Anna van der Breggen, Lizzie Armitstead, and Mariana Voss, for example. Like you know, if you want yeah. the Lizzie Armistead costs a lot of points, so if you're going to yeah. have Lizzie in your team, you've got fewer points to play with for the other riders. It's exactly. genius. It's it's a delicious kind of torture, but it is actually a heap of fun, and particularly if you're reasonably new to the sport, it is a great way to engage and get to know a fair bit more about the sport. Because even if you, it, well, honestly, even if you rolled a dice to to pick your team. Um, it's going to give you a list of names of people to watch and you're going to be interested in what races they're racing and stuff. It really does genuinely enhance the thing. And also, you get the almost certain honour of putting a team together that beats mine and the possible yeah. honor, the possible honour of putting together a team that doesn't get thrashed too badly by Sarah. So. No, I, I did I did once lead like for one week, yeah. but then it all went downhill because I basically had built my team around the Spring Classics. I did so well in the Spring Classics. But yeah. um, and then it turns out they don't go all seasons. So. And then my, my team, which was um, built around Emma Pooley the year that she retired. Yeah, that was, yeah. thanks, Emma. Thanks, Emma. I really appreciate that. But oh, yeah, you don't, believe, okay, like... you don't have to... You don't have to pick it cleverly either. Like some people pick um, teams that are just riders from their nationality. Right, I'm going to yeah. pick American team. I'm going to pick American riders. One person once picked a team where everyone's name began with E. Yes, yes. Like honestly, even if you're just uh, trying to think of a funny thing to do, it, it, odds are actually pretty good that that will that will work out for at least a week. You know. Yeah. And, and it's a wonderful way to learn about the sport and, yeah. to follow, and to give yourself a connection to these races because, you know, although media is improving, we don't have the same wealth of knowledge and media about, you know, what Cav likes for breakfast, you know, what kind yep. of, you know, what Wiggins' best, you know, favourite album is, you know. So it's it's a really, and if you are good, it's a really good way to kind of show off your, you know, to show off your skills. <laughs> yeah, if you... And I, if you're good and you need to brag, then this is perfect for well, you. Well, <laughs> I and this is true, but but there's there's another game. There's a different game too that you can play. So if you're like completely freaking out about, oh, who do I put in my team? You can always you know set up two teams on the. Uh, ah. Can you? But you can also also there's a game called Chica Bike, which is based off CQ ranking, and that is has different rules. You can swap riders in and out. I think three three or four times a year, you can swap three oh, riders wow. in and out okay. of your team. So you can have so you can kind of change it around the you know this is my Spring Classics, right? I'm going to take these three riders out because I know they're all going to be focusing on Rio, and I'm going to add these three riders in. Yep. But I was looking at their ranking for last year, and the World Championships was won by Manella Camera. <laughs> <laughs> who's the ds of silence yep. um and then our friend marcos Ma Ma marcos marine uh won the world one had the victory ranking after world champs and he won most races and the total ranking was won by peter van der Veen, another friend right, um, right. so shit so yeah like that's whoa <laughs> yeah. they were they were very they were very very clever but it's it's a kind of it's really really they're I love games like this. They they drive me. I can't do them because they drive me crazy. Because my maths is terrible and they make me anxious. That but said, you know. that said, if you also are not that familiar with um, with women cyclists, I know Sarah loves to have you tweet her at underscore pigeons underscore and go, "Hey, I really like this men's cyclist who is comparable," and she yes. will answer you. 
And I do, and I am pretty damn good at picking. Like last year, I told everyone they should put Barbara Gorishi into their team because she was only two points, and yeah, um, yeah. and she got uh, she she did win like a World Cup and a and a stage of the right. Giro. Um, yeah, yeah. So you know, so the the trick is the trick is to go down and see who's been priced wrong. Now, because Jens is incredibly intelligent, he's he's you know he's and he's. Sarah. he's it's, and it's thorough. Depressing. He's Scandinavian I know. Thoroughness. I know. It's so... It should have been run by an Aussie. His efficiency. I mean, honestly, it would be much more... It would be much more open a chance if I ran it because it would be mostly... Which ones, which ones can you read around the beer and coffee spills? So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, then you get bored and distracted halfway through. So yeah, just exactly. I just make the bottom, half of, the bottom half of the list is averages out to three. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the trick is to see who's underpriced which is hard but also to see who's who you think is an up-and-coming rider yeah and you it's, know it is honestly very interesting you know like cat garfoot's like one of the and this is where it's deliciously good though is that yens is great with the pricing because like we say you know she's she's just had a great sort of run through the australian summer and the the start of um the season with qatar and, you know, a lot of people are, are saying, you know, who know her quite well, that this is going to be a really good year for her. And Prent, Jens has priced her, like, right in that sweet spot where you're like, ooh, ooh, she could, she could turn good value at that, but that might just be, an, you know, two points more than I want to spend. And it's that kind of decision that, that, that just chews you up <laughs> for days on end. And then you have anxiety. You know, at the last minute, yeah. you hit submit, and then you wake up in the middle of that night going, "Oh, did I put my two pointer in, or did I put my four pointer in and use three one pointers?" Oh God, no! I got it the wrong way around. This is the worst thing ever. I can never ever watch cycling again. Yeah, it's and and it's also worth having a check at which races are, uh, you know, what what prices races are put at because they yeah. don't all not all races are created equal. But there's, you know, now that the American season, for example, has got more. Uh, UCI races you yep. can't really do what I used to do which is you know slap in an average American domestic you know very small pointed American domestic rider who I think is pretty good for some you know some, yeah, some, for, some, some quick wins yeah but yeah it's great um so if you go to podiumcafe.com um for that and for Chica Bike go to chicabike.be and you can sign up your teams uh I think they both start basically I think you've got until Omloop yeah. to start got- your to start your team um uh, if you like are doing it and want to kill us because we suggested it go to us i'm at underscore pigeons underscore dan is dan w dan w official and jens is at jensa which is j-e-n-s-c-e-r so if you're kind of looking at the podium cafe thing and want to know who is the who's whose fault is this who did this to me then um send jens a lovely message because i'm sure he'll love it um, he'll have no sympathy at yeah. all for you no sympathy at all for you but if you'd like to return it in kind then you can do what i did when i saw the pricing which was wish him a year full of christmases so. <laughs> yeah jens has a shop full of the most <laughs> delicious scandinavian kitchenware he works in retail and yeah so that's his hell and uh, yes yeah long may so- 
I think that's it. So we're we've got a couple of weeks of the off season, but we might be back in between to you know to talk about preseason stuff. Yeah. Well, I mean, there'll be there's there's inevitably going to be a couple of things on in the next next week or so that'll that'll pique our interest. And obviously, we've got heaps of races that kick off on the twenty seventh that that last weekend in February. So, you know, I'm sure we'll be talking to you again soon. Thanks for hanging out with us this long. And um, yeah. I, uh, in the meantime, go click on all the links. Oh, hey, and don't forget that um, that Sarah's work is in no small part helped significantly by those of you who are very, very beautiful and attractive to <laughs> your gender of choice or genders of choice, um, you know, for supporting her Patreon. Uh, so if you go to patreon.com slash women's psych, or is it women's cy- cycling? Women's, women's cycling. cycling. Yes. Um then you can, you too can, for a very modest amount, be more attractive to the genders of your preference. Um, yeah, people yeah. people give me a little bit of money every month, and it all adds up, and it basically enables me to do all of this stuff that I do. So thank you. And there'll be some more um, audio interviews coming up on the site this month as well. ProWomenCycling.com. Woohoo! All right. <laughs> Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you again soon.